the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Hello and welcome to Life in Colorado. Hi, I'm your host, Louis Gonzalez, and uh, with me today is Kate Kirkman, President and CEO of the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado. Uh, Kate, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, Kate, first question, right out of the gate, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came to the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado. Sure, thanks. Um, Yeah, I joined the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado just about six years ago. Um, my background is as a social worker, sort of by, by trade and training and, and education. Um, and so I joined the Brain Injury Alliance as a case manager about six years ago and have, um, have sort of done most jobs in the organization over time and uh, eventually took over as the president and CEO last October, so just under a year. Wow. So can you please, for our listeners, provide an overview of uh, the Brain Injury Alliance and its mission? Absolutely. So, you know, brain injury can be hard to see and understand, but at the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado, we get it. We know that each person with a brain injury is unique and can be struggling with so many different things. So every day we provide support, connections, and available resources that survivors, their caregivers, and professionals need because when we do survivors of a brain injury survivors of a brain injury have a chance to thrive so our goal is really just to ensure that survivors of you know all walks of life all across the board and we do provide services statewide have a chance to to set their own goals and let us know how we can support them our services are really client driven because as i mentioned every brain injury is unique we have a saying in, in this world where, you know, if you've seen one brain injury, you've seen one brain injury. Mm. So we work with clients, we work with survivors, we work with professionals and find out, you know, where are the gaps? What are you struggling with? And what can we do to step in um, and provide services and support? And uh, tell us, what can usually cause a brain injury? What, what are some of the common causes for There are lots of different causes. Some of the most common are motor vehicle accidents, Mm. falls, uh, especially in older adults. Uh, Stroke is a really common cause of brain injury that people don't always think of. Um, We also see things like um, um, overdoses, which can cause a lack of oxygen and therefore an anoxic brain injury. And, you know, with, with the opioid epidemic, that's certainly been an increased cause of brain injury that we've seen. Um, we work with survivors of intimate partner violence who have mm. sustained their brain injury um, through, you know, really personal forms of, of violence in the home. So it's really, um, we work with young children, we work with the elderly, and it's, it, it, there's just so many different ways that people can end up at our door. 
And uh, tell me, what inspired the founding of the Brain Injury Alliance, and how has the organization evolved since its inception? Sure. So the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado uh, was started in um, – 1981, okay. so a long time before I got here, so I wasn't there to, to witness it, but it did start much smaller, uh, you know, a handful of, of folks who were really personally impacted by brain injury mm. through um, friends and family members and decided to get together and, and try to provide some support. Um, you know, there were some basic services like support groups and things like that back in the beginning. Throughout the years, we have really grown. Today, we have uh, 45 staff members. We serve folks all over the state. We serve about a thousand unique individuals wow. each year, um, and we have tons of different services. Uh, we provide resource navigation. We do trainings for professionals in the community. We have peer mentorship programs. Still doing those support groups, um, you know, in I think we have 72 support groups around the state now, mm. so quite a few offerings. We do mental health, so individual, family, and group uh, mental health therapies. We provide services for folks who are leaving uh, settings of incarceration and coming back into the community to help mm. with sort of that adjustment period. Um, we have adaptive recreation programs, which are really exciting and fun. Mm, yes. And we also provide um, uh, fundraising events throughout the year that, that community members and survivors participate in. That sounds incredible. I'm speaking today with Kate Kirkman, President and CEO of the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado. Uh, can you elaborate on the types of advocacy efforts that the Brain Injury Alliance is involved in? At both the state and national levels. Yeah, it's it's a little bit ad hoc. We do work with a lobbyist, and so if something is coming up in Congress, most almost entirely at a state level, um, because we are a state-based organization. So if we see different um, different potential laws or bills coming up that we know it, that could impact either our clients or us as an organization, then we will get involved and sort of say, hey, um, you know this works really well for this reason, or we oppose it for this reason. We're not hugely involved in, in, in advocacy. Some of the things we have been involved in in the past um, is uh, some uh, work around concussion protocols for uh, students. Mm. So kids in schools, when they get a brain injury in you know, a sporting event, what are the um, protocols, what are the testing that, that needs to be done before kids are allowed to safely return to play. Right. Uh, we also worked recently at a state level to change the definition of brain injury because for, for quite a while at the state level, brain injury was what we would refer to as traumatic brain injury. So a blow to the head, a fall, you know, that right. real physical impact of brain on skull. And we were able to shift that definition to um, incorporate a lot more people and, and cover what would be called um, either a, an acquired or non-traumatic brain injury. And those are some of the things like we just talked about with um, a lack of oxygen to the brain. So right. um, uh, near drownings, near overdoses, those sorts of things. So those are some of the efforts that we've been involved in at the state level to try to, to, try to improve um, you know, our services and, and what we can offer for folks in the community. Now, uh, when I was a kid growing up about 30 or so years ago, uh, let's just say uh, safety was a little lax uh, back then. <laughs> um, in, in what ways does the Brain Injury Alliance promote brain injury prevention and education in communities? 
we do a lot of education in the community. We don't focus on prevention. That's really uh, outside of our mission. Our okay. mission is really to support people post-brain injury. Mm. So after the injury has occurred, how can we step in and support? But we do provide a lot of education in the community, um, especially to professional organizations. We work with law enforcement to help people understand what it's like to have a brain injury. And when you are encountering someone with a brain injury, what might that look like? Right. Brain injury is an invisible injury. So you mm. can't, you know, if you have a broken arm and it's in a cast and you walk up to someone, everyone's going to know you have a broken arm and that may lead to some challenges in your sure. life. Brain injury is often invisible. So it's really helpful for us to go out into the community and work with folks, especially law enforcement level, that might be encountering people with a brain injury and don't know that a, a behavior or, or um, you know, slurred speech or something like that is in fact because of a brain injury and not another cause that may seem more you know, nefarious or, or risky or threatening. I'm here with Kate Kirkman, president and CEO of the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado. Uh, Kate, can you share some success stories or specific examples of individuals who've been positively impacted by the Brain Injury Alliance's support and programs? Yes. Um, so our most recent and, and biggest project has been Valor on the Facts. This okay. is a 72-unit permanent supported housing complex on East Colfax. Uh, it's been in the works for the last five years, hmm. thanks to COVID and some supply chain issues. There were some delays, right. but the building opened this past March. So we are housing 125 individuals who um, have been experiencing chronic homelessness hmm. and have a brain injury or related disability. So we bring these folks in. They have a fully furnished brand new apartment. We staff the building 24-7. So hmm. there is a a staff member available all the time that understands brain injury, understands what these folks are going through, understands, you know, what homelessness can really look like and some of those challenges. And we um, provide this, like I said, permanent housing so these folks can stay here for with us forever if they want to. Um, and we have seen through these efforts already, you know, it's only been open since March, but some really phenomenal transformations in some of our residents and people, people that live there. We have over 30 children in the building, oh. and it just gives me so much hope to see, you know, these kids have stable housing when they go off to school in the morning. Mm. Um, you know, life's tough for kids anyway, and, yeah. and to have to add something like, you know, homelessness and um, just that, that instability makes it so much worse and, and so much harder to, to survive and, excuse me, to thrive and survive. So um, it's been an incredibly rewarding experience to be able to provide this housing, provide these services, and give people a chance at a, you know, a, a second, third, fourth start in life, um, again, without understanding of, of what it means to have a brain injury and how can we really specifically serve these folks so that they stay housed longer. We know in, in the homelessness, you know, community that we can provide housing, but folks don't always choose to stay in that housing. Yeah. So we have been able to incorporate um, trauma-informed design as well as trauma-informed services that will help keep people housed longer. And so it is, um, as far as we can tell, the first of its kind in the nation. We've looked and haven't found another one exactly like ours. So we're really excited to to follow these folks and see what are the long-term outcomes um, you know, what works, what doesn't, and, mm -hmm. and how can we keep people stably housed for forever if they choose to. And uh, tell me, how does the Brain Injury Alliance collaborate with uh, healthcare professionals, rehab centers, and other stakeholders to improve the lives of those affected by brain injuries? We have some really fantastic partnerships across the state. 
Um, we partner closely with uh, the Department of Human Services, specific, okay. specifically an agency called MindSource. So we have that state level connection. We also work really closely with uh, rehabilitation hospitals like Craig Hospital is a really mm. strong partner of ours. They do support us. They, they sponsor our events. We work closely with some of their doctors to make sure that, you know, we have the right information of, of you know, the newest research around brain injury. Uh, make sure that as folks are leaving some of these hospitals and these rehab settings, that they have contacts in the community already. So right. at discharge, they can be handed our information and we're ready and, and able to help them as they transition back into home living or into a new setting. Um, these partnerships are, are incredibly important to us, uh, not only from just a professional development standpoint, but from you know sponsorship and and financial support standpoint as well. So yeah, we could not do it by ourselves and, and having um, such great partners around the state. Everyone from, you know, like I said, Craig Hospital here in Denver, all the way out to Hilltop, uh, which is a great organization on the Western Slope. So just statewide organizations that are all coming together to provide multiple levels of support. That's great. And how can uh, individuals and families access the support resources and information provided by the Brain Injury Alliance? Sure. So the easiest thing to do is um, our website, which is www.biacolorado.org. So Brain Injury Alliance, BIA Colorado, all spelled out, .org. We have a nice big donate button on there. We right. really rely on donations from folks in the community to help keep us going and to be able to provide, you know, expanded services and, and um continue to find new ways to support survivors and their families. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, events throughout the year, fundraising events. So we have a, a golf tournament in May, oh. and then we have the Pikes Peak Challenge, which was just about two weeks ago now, where um, we all come together in, in Manatee Springs and people uh, raise money and they hike Pikes Peak or they go halfway up to Bar Camp or there's a two-mile walk around Manitou Springs. And so people can kind of choose their own adventure of, of what their level of challenge is um, and then come together. And then we have a big party in, in the park in Manitou Springs afterwards. And it's just a really incredible day watching people come together and really push themselves and, and accomplish challenges, which survivors of a brain injury do every single day, mm-hmm. um, and really celebrate celebrate these folks and, and what we're doing in the community. Volunteer opportunities, financial donation opportunities, um, you know, or if you if you have an organization that you think could partner well, we're always open to sort of hearing who's out there and, and what sort of partnerships can we continue um, to build. I'm here speaking with Kate Kirkman, president and CEO of the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado. Now, back to the uh, back to the uh, individuals. So are there specific challenges uh, that people with brain injuries face, and how exactly does the Brain Injury Alliance address these challenges? Yeah, great question. So um, the answer is really yes and no. As I mentioned before, we say when you've seen one brain injury, you've seen one brain injury. Mm. So we never assume that we understand what a client uh, is going through. But there are some common um, challenges that come up after a brain injury that we do tend to see more than others. Some of those are uh, memory, right? Just basic sure. memory skills can be a real challenge post-brain injury. Communication, so people can often have challenges um, recalling words, right? Being able to pull up the words they need to communicate. Right. 
or having, you know, some challenges with data processing. So as somebody mm. is speaking to them, it's a little more challenging to understand and translate what that person, what that person is saying into sort of meaning in our own brains, which we all do. Um, uh, inhibition can be a challenge for some folks post brain injury. So mm -hmm. knowing, you know, what behaviors, what words are sort of appropriate in what settings and, and which ones aren't. Um, some of those more normal social cues can be a challenge for folks that kind of falls under that communication headline as well. Um, and then I think it can be, a re you know, as you put these things together, you know, as well as physical challenges, things like fatigue, headaches, sensitivity to light and noise, mm. all of this put together can really make it hard for folks to just accomplish daily tasks, to get up in the morning and say, I need to call my doctor and set an appointment and then make that reminder for myself, find transportation if, if I'm not able to drive any longer. Um, you know, unemployment is, is a big challenge for folks with a brain injury because just being able to accomplish on a daily basis what you did before the injury can be a real challenge. That that brain fatigue is um, it's no joke, and it's something mm. that that makes just everyday tasks a lot harder for people post brain injury. Are there any particular demographics or communities that the Brain Injury Alliance focuses on to ensure comprehensive support and advocacy? We always try to look for our gaps. So we do collect um, demographic data for every person that we serve, okay. really for the sole purpose of who are we missing? Because mm. brain injury doesn't doesn't save anyone, right? There, there is no population that is not impacted by brain injury. There is no race, uh, socioeconomic status, um, rural or urban. It impacts everybody. So we know that we should be serving everybody <laughs> really. Right. So we do always sort of do some internal audits to make sure, you know, are we really, are we really serving folks across the state? Are we hitting those rural communities? Are there any particular race or ethnicity that we that are you know underrepresented in our um, in our data? So that sure. if we do find that, then we can work with that community, find other organizations around, and partner with them and say, hey, it looks like we aren't. We aren't getting to you all. What can we do better? How can we reach people in your community that that are impacted by brain injury that may not know about our services? Uh, what are what would you say are some of the short term and long term goals of the uh, Brain Injury Alliance in terms of improving the lives of brain injury survivors and reducing brain injuries in a community? The short-term goal is really just to keep doing what we are doing. We know that we are making positive impacts on people when they engage in our services. So just continuing to outreach in the community, continuing to provide really high-quality services, again, completely tailored to the individual. It's not a one-size-fits-all one model. Um, everybody needs different different types of service and support. So we want to keep doing what we're doing because we know that when we can engage folks, it, it works and they are right. able to have a better quality of life. Long term, I think we, you know, I want to really expand our mental health services. That's okay. a real gap in the community. We've heard from a lot of folks that finding mental health that is really specific uh, for brain injury is really difficult. We started our program about three years ago, and I just think there's room for it to flourish. Um, and I see a lot more room in in housing. Mm. Uh, you know, a recent study out of the University of Denver showed us that 65% of people experiencing chronic homelessness will test positive for a life and history of brain injury. Wow. So the need is there. That's a lot of folks that could that could benefit from brain injury specific services. 
So sort of continuing to keep my eyes open for another opportunity uh, in that arena where we could continue to serve folks with a brain injury that are experiencing homelessness because obviously those people need, you know, they're, they're quite vulnerable and, and need extra supports. And that's where we could step in and really make a difference. I'm here speaking with Kate Kirkman, president and CEO of the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado. Uh, so how does the Brain Injury Alliance use technology and online platforms to reach a broader audience and provide support? Yes, we know, especially surveying the entire state and some of the more rural communities, that embracing technology can be really helpful for access for people. Mm. Um, it's one of the things that we learn so much more about ourselves during the COVID years right. of how can we do better to connect with people that can't just drive to their local support group or, you know, uh, hop next door to a PT or OT that might be able to have brain injury specific services. Sure. So trying to do a lot more in that virtual space, um, including in our mental health world of, of offering video um, or phone services, trying to get more creative in those spaces. Um, and those opportunities just keep coming up. We're also always really on the lookout for uh, adaptive technology. So there is um, a whole world of technology out there that helps folks with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And so learning what those are, figuring out how we can get them into the hands of of survivors, of our clients that need them, how we could utilize them ourselves. Um, You know, I have one of my long-term goals. I have a dream of being able to completely redo our website so that it has way, uh, way more robust technology and adaptive services built into the website so that it's easier for folks to come to, again, www.biacolorado.org and find the services they need on there and connect with the right people because the website won't be, you know, as overwhelming or could work better for somebody with visual or or, um, reading challenges that maybe can't use websites the way uh, others can. So really, um, really trying to embrace that next wave of technology and and learn what we don't even know is out there yet. Sure. Now, can you share if the Brain Injury Alliance is currently engaged in any sort of uh, upcoming research or initiatives related to brain injury? Not specifically. We do, you know, there are places like Craig Hospital and and others that um, are engaged, and and the University of Denver, in some of these more research-based studies. And we do always try to partner with them whether it's uh, having our staff members lend their expertise, helping with data, or connecting um, our clients who are interested in participating in, you know, in a focus group or in a study or providing research data to these organizations. So it's something that we do on a much more sort of partnered uh, community level rather than um, specifically ourselves. That's fantastic. So I'll go ahead and give you the last word. We're coming up on time here. What message would you like to convey to our listeners regarding the importance of understanding and supporting individuals affected by brain injury? And how can they get uh, more involved and seek help from the Brain Injury Alliance? Yeah, thank you for that opportunity. We know that brain injury impacts about 500,000 Coloradans every year. That's a lot of people. And I guarantee most of your listeners can think to themselves that they have a, you know, brother, mother, friend, cousin who was in an accident, who had a stroke, who uh, knows what it's like to be on the other end of a brain injury. So many of us have seen it in our personal lives. Um, 
we know that folks post brain injury need additional support and we're really here to be that extra level of community connection for folks. If you want to learn more, almost every single one of our services is free of charge. So please head to our website, biacolorado.org. You can call us at 1-800-955-2443. And one of our staff members can help better explain all of the services we provide and see what we can do for you or your loved one um, to provide that support. I want to thank Keith Kirkman, President and CEO of the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado, for speaking with me today and for being a part of life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.